Hey there, everybody. You're listening to the Water Trio Astrology Podcast, and I'm here with my dear friends, Alicia and Kelly, and we are discussing the astrology of week beginning um, June 17, right? Yes. We are. So how have you all been? Well, I've been good. It's been... Well, Cass, we just saw each other like a week ago at NORWAC, which was amazing. <laughs> yes, we've had a different dynamic with the water trio. Usually it's Alicia and I getting more time together, but we've yes. had a bit more Cancer Pisces time over the last you know, couple of weeks. So I'm coming to you from the Northern Hemisphere, which is a bit different too. Um, yeah, so we've post NORWAC and all of that. So yeah. tell us about it, gals. How was NORWAC? For those of us that are suffering FOMO from not being there. (laughs) How would you describe it, Cass? Because it was your first Norwalk. It was my first Norwalk. And I also, it was not only my first Norwalk, but it was my first um, time speaking at Norwalk. So, you know, I've spent a few days um, here in Oregon um, post Norwalk, actually just kind of reflecting on the experience and thinking about it. And I guess the biggest takeaway for me has been, I guess it's kind of like this little kind of a rumbling feeling like we can see that our community is really changing and we've got these younger people coming up you know through the ranks and you know spreading their wings and which is really exciting to see um how we're starting to you know integrate and incorporate so many new faces and um into our community so that's the part that I've really liked. Um, seeing so many people online and then connecting in real life is always the most exciting part about conferences now. It kind of greases the wheels to have sort of the online connection and then you get the online, uh, in the in real life connection. So I thought that was just wonderful. And, you know, I think the future moving forward, not only for astrology, but also for Norwalk is that sort of perhaps a gateway for younger people or newer people into astrology to really kind of you know connect and and shine as well so what did you think Kel? Oh look I mean I am a massive Norwalk fan um it's been my favorite North American conference for a really long time this one I loved as always um it was so much bigger than I've I've been going to Norwalk since 2013 I think I've only missed one year in that time frame and it is probably double the size now as I remember my first Norwalk. So I had a moment of feeling overwhelmed, especially when I went in to get prepped to give the opening keynote speech on the Friday, which was a huge honor. And I had done that talk last year and had visualized the room, you know, being a certain size. And that was how I would prepared for this year. And then when I walked into the room and it was like half as big again, I, I oh, was wow. like, oh, no, 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 I, I wasn't ready for this. You know, and then it took me a few minutes. Um, so it, it was just, it, it felt like a different experience mm. in that there were a whole bunch of new people, more than half of the 500 attendees were attending for the first time. So there was a lot of that fresh energy, a little bit of yeah. that feeling of the changing of the guard for sure, yeah. which was so exciting and lively and vibrant. I did have a little bit of like, oh, I missed some of my usual Norwalk crew just because you know, we couldn't get to each other. We, we all just got distracted with, with other people that we were catching up with. Um, but it was a really heartwarming time. Uh, I really loved the chance to see people in person and Cass, just being able to spend time with you and, and our other Pisces Posse uh, members who shall <laughs> remain nameless, but who, if they're listening, will know exactly who they are. 
you know, that's the whole, I remember listening, I think when Chris on his astrology podcast did uh, like a, you know, you're going to conference conference for the first time, you know, one of the tips is you find your little crew of people that you can kind of meet up for meals with or, you know, explore the larger crowds with. And mm. uh, it's always lovely, you know, to see which friends are there and that you can spend time with. And I also find it very inspiring listening to my peers and, and hearing what they're talking about. And uh, yeah, so it's a wonderful experience and definitely recommend uh Coming up in the next sort of 12 months, we're actually blessed. We've got three big astrology conference, actually four. We've got NCGR in Baltimore, Maryland. I think that's late August, early September 2019. We've got Melbourne, Australia at the end of January 2020, and I'll be speaking at that. And then we've got Norwalk again late May 2020. Nobody knows who's speaking there yet. Everybody, including the organizer, Laura, is still recovering from just a couple of weeks ago. Because uh, Norwalk sold out for the first time in its 35-year history this year. And then the other big conference will be ESA 2020, which is September in Denver, uh, in Colorado. So I'm going to be speaking at that one too. So for people who are having FOMO, like you, Leash, I know Cass and I were calling you constantly on WhatsApp. <laughs> Leash, you have to come, you have to come. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of options depending on how much time people need to sort of prepare and organize or geographically, you know, pick the one that's maybe closer to you that's easier to get to. So. Yeah. So one thing that was pretty special while you were giving your keynote, Kelly, um, mm. I got the uh, invite email to speak at ESA too. You did, so yes. No excuses, Lishi. You're yes. coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah. So that was really cool. So yes, I'll be um, there in Denver in September 2022. So yeah. 2020, I'm as, sorry, well. 2020 <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2022. Yeah. 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 Not that far in advance. Maybe, Nobody knows we'll that see. far in yeah. advance. No, that's right. Oh. So. Yeah, and I so heard from I mean, social media that, Kel, you got a standing ovation for your keynote, which oh is really gosh. exciting. Yeah. And Cass, both your rooms were packed for your talks as well. They so were. huge congrats to you both. That's really exciting. I wish I'd been there to see it. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was definitely um, – I'm just having – Cass is having a uh, Gemini moment there with the phone <laughs> ringing in the background. <laughs> I did it. put it on silent, but I forgot about the alarm function that overrides the silent function. So, yeah, no, I mean, if you are kind of like in two minds about a conference or, you know, you're having to really put yourself in, a, you know, sort of like you've got to really make it a priority to save your money or, or make it happen, you know, do consider it um, because it's definitely worth your while, you know, just in terms of connection, friendship, um, learning, um, you know, potential opportunities professionally if that's the, the direction you're heading in um, and just, you know, you come back quite exhausted. I think I had like a, a 10 or a 12-hour sleep like the day after but your kind of soul is is refilled. It's a sort of like a yeah. physical exhaustion but an mm. internal happiness <clears throat> Yep. And, um, you know, and then all the friend requests that you have to accept and then all the different add-ons on social media. So it's just, it really is kind of wonderful, the astrological community. And if you are just involved in it online, you know, I really, you know, I think we can all testify just how wonderful it is when you do get to do it in person. So yeah, nothing replaces that. No. That is so true. So yeah, the commute, the feeling of community and of belonging and of being accepted and of fitting in. Mm. I mean, Norwalk is the most diverse astrology conference we have from people of color and, and different gender orientations and things, you know, the whole sort of spectrum. It's much more 
visually diverse. There's clearly not just a group of white people in the room, basically. Um, nice. Which is just nice. It's, and that really feels very vibrant. But I mean, we could probably gush about Norwalk for the next three hours. <laughs> Exactly. And then we start telling you stories that probably should remain uh, untold. Turn our attentions to this week. So, you know, this week is kind of chunky. (laughs) There's a lot going on. (laughs) That might be the most delicate thing that's been said about this week. (laughs) Do you remember that charm ad? So chunky you could carve it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It makes me think of when I was pregnant. Um, I had this craving for you can get like regular Kit Kat, but then you can get the chunky Kit Kat. And it had to be the chunky one. So this week is a little bit like that. So yeah. instead of kind of breaking down a few highlighted aspects, I think we're just going to kind of talk about uh, the week overall. And then we'll sort of finish on a bit of a happy note with a bit of benefic action towards the end. So well, it kind of yeah. starts on a happy note with that Sag full moon in a way. Yes. It's definitely going to be nicer than that last full moon in Scorpio, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. With Jupiter in the mix, it's definitely yeah. going to have a little bit of an uplifting feel uh, to it. So we're definitely spotlighting one area of benevolence at least. Yeah, so it's kind of like bookended with some Jupiter action, but it's yeah. The, yeah, the chunky Saturn in between, Saturn-Pluto. Chunky satin. I mean, that this week in some ways is like a microcosm of the longer, you know, six week Mars in Cancer period where it is this roller coaster of like some really good days when the moon's in Sag or when the moon's in Aquarius versus that kind of quite heavy period, um, the middle of this week, really, like 18th, 19th, uh, where the moon goes into Capricorn and triggers, you know, Mercury and Mars and Pluto. Like it's just all happening Tuesday, Wednesday. But yeah, Monday, full moon in Sag, 25 degrees Sag. There's definitely a feeling of hope or adventure or potential that gets us dreaming big at the start of the week. But it is a very quick, energetic, very quick and dramatic kind of energetic 180 from Monday to Tuesday, basically. (laughs) Yeah, well, even here in Australia, it's actually – Monday, yeah, because we've got the Mercury opposite Saturn that early, early that morning. So I think that's the Sunday still in the US. So it's kind of like it, it's a bit even that day itself on Monday will be a bit bipolar because we'll kind of wake up with that Mercury bringing its loudspeaker, its microphone to that Saturn energy and the opposition there between the Cancer Capricorn, that that push-pull between, you know, the protection and the really needing to get deep into the emotions, but, but Saturn going, well, no, you know, we need to release, we need to let go. We need to be with that kind of thing here. So, and Mercury is going to be pinging off all of that Capricorn all week, um, really bringing. So, you know, we talked about the Mars energy last week, um, being opposite Saturn on, on Saturday, and yeah, Mercury is kind of going to pick up from there and, and continue through. So, it's like, yeah, that that the ups and downs will be continuing all week of, okay, being with Sag and being with Jupiter and being with the joy there and then being with the heaviness, being with the the deep stuff, being with the hard stuff. But it's like the, the universe is offering us a gift. And it's one of the trickiest weeks all year, really. It's that we've got both, you know. It's like you're not just in the hard yards. You're not just in the ring, you know, fighting it out. It's like there are the breaks. There are the breathers in it all. So thank thank you, universe. <laughs> yes. I mean, I know this week has copped a lot of bad press because of uh, our dear friend and uh, brother-in-arms Austin <laughs> with his lovely turn of phrase. 
And there is there is a sense of, you know, with Mercury opposing Pluto and Saturn and, and Mars opposing Pluto this week, that there is this feeling of like push comes to shove and, you know, force is being applied and are you under the force and being pushed on or are you pushing through something? Uh, I find Mars, Pluto, like Mars opposite Pluto midweek, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, if you're in Australia, you know, it's the pure will of yours and what are you going to get obsessed about and what are you going to really push forward to? And there's a lot of power dynamics that come up with that. But I was when I was talking to a client recently, this client has had a particular problem that has been a thorn in their side almost for 12 months. And they've been working on resolving this problem. And the resolution date for when the effect of the solution is taking place is the middle of this week. So it's basically like, it's not as though it's a new problem that has come out of nowhere. They've actually been working towards this going back to early March. Uh, And I think for many of us, it's like decisions are being made, documents are being signed, agreements are being kind of think Mercury and Mars is like, we've got to get it done. We may not love it, but we've got to choose something or we've got to decide something now. And just because of where Saturn is in the sky, um, about 18 cap, 18, 19 cap, um, Saturn was in that place back in early March. So it's like stuff you've been working on for a few months kind of comes to a peak or gets resolved this week. So as much as there is the hard slog and we're all going to have moments of insecurity and moments of frustration and blurting things out, you know, you put in mouth disease because there is a Mercury Mars aspect on Tuesday. Uh, I do think there is the potential for things to get done or decided. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys like, how do you guys see it? I think as well, you know, what I'm hearing is a lot of people, quite a few clients who are, I'm undecided about, they're like, I just keep pushing, I keep pushing, I keep pushing. And I'm hearing that with the Capricorn energy, I have the tenacity, I have the drive, I have the focus, but when is enough enough? You know, when do I see this just as a test or when do I actually see this as having to release and having to let go that this is actually something that I'm not meant to be doing? And my feeling is that in this week, a lot of people will get the understanding about whether it's one or the other, you know, Mm. is this something that you just pick up the energy and you keep going, you know, you keep focusing because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel or is it like, okay, I've reached a dead end and there's nowhere else to go. And okay, it's time to move into that South node energy of, 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 okay, let go, cut it off and do that fairly easily because Mars, you know, with its slicing ability, it can, it can allow us to kind of contract and let go. You know, we've got the two malefics, you know, in the sky opposite each other, those, both are about contraction and relief and release and separating. So it, you know, it, there is that energy about as well, but it's like, okay, am I going to use the drive, the focus and the discipline or am, is it about letting go? That's my sense of it. What about you, Cass? Um, yeah, all of those things. And I think also a little bit, um, it was interesting, the location, I actually wrote my monthly horoscopes. <laughs> And really having to kind of think about, you know, the genesis of of the stress that some of these um, configurations have um, come out of that. And I think, you know, you think about how long the node has been, the south node has been in Capricorn, so that was November last year. And then, of course, Saturn has been there for a year before that. And now sort of things are starting to come to a head or come to a push. And 
it's, you know, we can think about satin and particularly satin in Capricorn. It can kind of ostrich issues or be in denial or just that sort of what we say in Australia, you know, head down, bum up and not always kind of just like channeling things or grinding through things. And then Mars comes along and kind of can aggravate or provoke or get fired up. And maybe in the cancer piece, maybe from an emotional perspective, potentially a passive aggressive perspective or this internal frustration that it has to kind of sort of release. And so I think if there are issues or problems that perhaps you have kind of been avoiding or have been lingering for a little while, they're kind of going to get up close and personal now. And one way or another, they're they're out there and they need to be kind of dealt with in whichever way uh, it's working out for you in your life. So it's bringing it to like a head, like a, a pimple that's been kind of like ripening for a really long time and then boom, <laughs> sorry, I know that's very visual for some people, but <laughs> so maybe like Mars is just like lancing it or something. I don't know, I could go on and on, but yeah, it's going to be chunky. <laughs> So just, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of like I've really been pondering this and, um, yeah, it's just dealing with issues that have perhaps been, you know, simmering in the background and, you know, it'll be really great for some people, um, that sort of credit where credit's due or kind of the dues you've been paid, you get return on your investment. But if you've been slack, you know, this is going to be a real wake up call to pull your socks up in some area. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so satin, isn't it? Just to be like, here is the rewards and here are the consequences. Here's your cosmic report card for the last, you know, couple of years, basically. Um, And I also feel like, you know, there is the potential of this to either live in fear mm -hmm. or to actually live in courage, which is, you know, facing the fear and doing it anyway. You know, because the the Saturn in Capricorn can keep us in our fears and our limitations, and and even the Cancer piece of being protected, being you know staying internal, you know, really getting. I feel like you know with Mercury and Mars in Cancer together, it's like you could get into that overthinking emotions, you know, being too much and allowing our emotions to dictate our responses, maybe, mm. you know, being stuck in the past and then letting it dictate when really what we need to do is look to the past and let it inform our decisions, but not keep us, you know, abs- absolutely dictated. So becoming a more conscious choice. And so if we can really come from that place of, actually, I'm going to do this anyway. You know, I'm an adult now. I don't have to listen to my child self, my inner child, or, you know, my family limitations or my, what my peers used to say about me. I'm, I'm going to push past this. I'm, I'm going to have the energy to, you know, really break that apart. So I feel like that's an important part of it as well. Love it. Yeah, there's certainly so many things with this week, with all this energy, <laughs> and of course, you know, yeah. the houses that this that this opposition yeah. takes place, like, um, will really sort of dictate the experience. So, are either of you kind of feeling that um, within your own lives? <laughs> well, think I know the answers, but <laughs> depends if you want to share them. <laughs> Yeah. Go first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know that I, it's, but that's the thing. It's quite intense and there's all the, you know, cause it's Pluto. So there's a lot of undercurrents and, um, you know, it's Mercury Pluto this week. So there's a lot of questioning and reflecting and thinking about things and mulling things over. 
So, you know, it's that idea between, you know, think about where Cancer is in your chart versus where Capricorn and those two houses together. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot for sure, but it's definitely that idea of like, as push comes to shove, do you want to push? Do you want to shove? Or do you want to protect? I think. Yeah. 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 And I feel like for me, the full moon in Scorpio actually gave me some real insights into what the Mars in Cancer story is um, and, and what that is coming out as. And that might be, you know, for people to be aware of and understanding as well, you know, anything that was going on around that time. So I'm just trying, what date was that? That was back at the 19th, 18th, 19th of last month. So yeah, you know, it's 10th house, fourth house for me. So there is a push pull between, you know, I really want to go out and be in the world and building my career and building my business and doing all of that. But I have family responsibilities that I have to be aware of. And, you know, my children are needing me at the moment. So it's really trying to find a balance between those two things um, would probably be the the light way of bringing that part of the story together. <laughs> I love it. The uh, Reader's Digest version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you want to speak about yours, Cass? Well, I mean, you know, for those who listen to the show regularly, I mean, I have mentioned, um, I think it was despite having the Mercury retrograde in Pisces, but sort of in that March when Saturn was around this zone of the sky where it is right now, I just decided, you know, I called just was searching for a different deal with my banks. And I was like, well, I'm paying these fees. I'm not getting anything out of it. What, you know, what better deal? So I just sort of, you know, overnight, I just changed all my internal banking sort of systems for like the bigger picture that I'm working towards. So, um, and now I think the, uh, the chunky week ahead is uh, for me about, um, you know, still kind of continuing to push with that, that sort of process that I started also refining it a little bit, you know, what am I doing, you know, on a day-to-day kind of basis, you know, cancer is my second, that is kind of um, going to lead me towards those longer term results that I'm, I'm looking for. So, um, and that's where I need to, uh, you know, set some goals around because, you know, I'm just kind of winging it right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, responsibilities wise. That's the beauty know. of, sorry, Cass. No, it's all good. Like, I mean, you know, um, yeah, just sort of, you know, where do I want, to look like where do I want to look in five years, one year, you know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. So, so it's a lot about the, long-term gain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, for, it's very yeah. much financial for you Cass around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, business has been good. So, you know, where do I want to channel some of that excess and that surplus and, um, you know, and just some of my, I guess, you know, with the Pluto piece and kind of, you know, going a little bit deeper into some other significations around the eighth house, you know, where are some of my fears around, you know, being financially secure and, you know, my ability to um, say, yeah, I deserve that. You know, I've worked hard and, you know, my rewards are coming and it's a good thing. So it's just sort of moving into those new levels. You have to then kind of redo your money psychology in some ways and that sometimes is a really big part of of what the story is for people like what they tell themselves about money and their values and their worth you know they're very uh, energetically aligned Mm. yeah very second house stuff yeah so that's me and you Kel yeah I I feel like I'm still in process with a lot of this stuff at the moment like there's so much going on, you know, obviously we're going to be moving and things like that. And 
Um, all the Capricorn stuff is 11th house of friendship for me. So I've definitely been thinking a lot about how I want to show up for my friends, the type of people that are worth that extra effort for. And yeah, so there's just a lot of that stuff going on and, and probably in true Pisces fashion, it's a little bit unclear in there, but there's stuff in there, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then of course, you know, I think towards the end of the week, the sun moves into Cancer and we have the solstice, mm. you know, so... Yeah. I know that Mercury is going to fairly quickly move out of Cancer, like Mercury's at the end of Cancer as the sun's coming in, but it just feels like we're going to be continuing to play through some of these um, kind of seesaw energies. Like if I'm up over here, I'm going to be down over here. And how do I, because that to me is one of the big themes from mid-June through to about mid-July as the planet's yeah. Mars, Mercury, will have Venus and the Sun all move through Cancer and oppose Saturn and Pluto, creating this series of oppositions, which is like a seesaw. It's like two kids on a seesaw. One goes up, the other goes down. You can make them balance and you can get things into a nice equilibrium, but it does require effort. Um, and always think with oppositions, there are choices, you know, so it's the recognition that if you say yes over here, you are by default saying no over here. And if you say no over here, that actually allows you to say yes somewhere else. So I think choice making and being really conscious around how we spend our time and who we give our attention to, that's mm. something that's coming up a lot for me. Um, you know, even my husband and I were thinking about, you know, who do we see before we go away? And you don't like to be a bit ruthless or a bit brutal about it, but you sort of think we've got limited time. We can't see everyone who are the most important friends for us to spend more time in person with if we can basically yeah yeah so. yeah it's definitely got that kind of heavy you know there's that pluto undercurrent with it all isn't there it's not mm. a light thing no there's questions about loyalty and about trust and about kind of depth and intensity and you know when pluto shows up because pluto is really one of our most active planets this week with both mars and mercury opposing pluto um, Mercury, Mercury on Wednesday, uh, Mars on Wednesday, but on Thursday in Australia. So there is this sense of like truths coming to light or revelations, having to really be vulnerable and open up to go deep. You know, it is a full moon week as well. So I think there is a lot of emotion in general. Um, mm. And that feeling of like situations reaching boiling point or reaching breaking point, which can be clarifying and liberating, but it can also mean, you know, no more diluting basically. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like as well, because, you know, straight off the back of the full moon, we go into Capricorn, the moon goes into Capricorn. It, it won't be as emotional as it could be. Um, but the potential for power struggles is definitely there. That whole push pull that Pluto can do. And really I'd say, especially with the Mercury Pluto piece, if you can use it to focus in on something, you know, do a research project or really use that energy to push through something and push past it, you know, there is so much power in Pluto. Use it to power something. Don't just let it, you know, hang about and do its nasty on its own. Um, give it something to get its teeth into and that will consciously use that energy in a better way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe even the sun's entrance into cancer might sort of bring a breakthrough moment or a huge shift in energy, um, spotlighting um, the cancer piece where there might be that sort of 
breakthrough in where to push forward with things as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to that part. So, I mean... Yeah, Cass, tell us about the end of the week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, so, you know, we have the... uh, the chunky stuff, <laughs> and then we go into um, the non-chunky stuff. So then we have um, Venus and Gemini making an opposition to Jupiter and Sagittarius. So the two, so we've got you know this Mars and Saturn with Pluto in the South Node. So all benefics interacting, and then at the end of the week we have the two, sorry, malefics interacting, and then we have the benefics interacting. So it's definitely a contrast in energy. We've got Venus just sort of newly in Gemini where. We should be sort of midway through by then, but um, starting to, you know, pick up the pace with socializing, getting um, a little bit more um, free and easy with things, communicating, getting out and about. And then, you know, she bumps into Jupiter, who's got gifts and generosity and support. So I feel that if we can kind of grind through this week or just kind of hold steady with the heaviness um, and not kind of, you know, lose our you know shite in the process um there is that kind of breakthrough and sort of golden opportunities at the end of it so you know it might be you that's in a position to you know support somebody else or you're in the right place at the right time to receive a gift or you know that kind of jupiterian breakthrough of potential or possibility it might sort of helps like sweeten or you know, give some progress to a relationship that's felt a little bit stuck or heavy under the other energies. Um, so I think that uh, combined having Venus and Jupiter interact at the end of the week is kind of like the sugar on top. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, it says that kind of like it's not – it. Um, it always like there's always sunshine after the rain kind of thing and that might be how this week feels a little bit. What are you guys looking forward to with the Venus-Jupiter bit? What are you looking forward to, Lise? So this is Sunday afternoon in the US, isn't it, and Monday morning here in Australia. Yes. Yeah, like all the things you've been saying, Cass, I just feel like having those two benefics in the sky, it'll just be like, oh, thank God that's over. And next Mm. week is definitely a much easier week. So it, it just brings that pleasure you know venus is the pleasure principle and jupiter expands it so um if you can take the day off here in australia on the monday do it it might be that kind of mental health day that day you just need to go and do something fun and and really enjoy for yourself and also it'll be kicking off that whole um jupiter neptune square that's kind of hanging around still as well so Mm. it will be pinging that off too so i feel like there could be you know anyone that's being actually doing something about these big grandiose plans or you know these big ideas make it the first benefits of that coming through or the first thing of okay you know this is possible this step i'll follow this and go on that Mm. um or, or the first rewards from what they've put into place with this. So, again, depending on where it falls in your chart and what's happening. But I just feel like, you know, especially with Venus in Gemini, it's getting out and about. It, it's, it's being with people. You know, if you've been isolated and hiding away for the last week, do the steps to get yourself off the couch. Do the steps to get yourself out into the world. Hang out with your friends. Meet people socialize and you know the the little joys that will come from that will really soothe the soul what about yeah. you Kel yeah that's beautiful I think everything that you both have said is brilliant uh, I do think that 
when I was recording my monthly subscription for uh, my subscribers for June, this what which slight plug, if anyone wants to sign up, you can do that via my website. But um, what I had <laughs> said there was getting to this Sunday, the 23rd, the Venus Jupiter aspect, which mm. I know is Monday, the 24th in Australia. It's lighter. There's a lift. There's a sense of hope or adventure that comes back. And it's almost like it, to me, it does feel like the sunshine after the rain or the, the calm after the storm. Everything's not perfect, but it's like you're through the worst of it. And there's a little bit, I feel like we're each going to have an encounter or an idea or an opportunity on this weekend that sort of says, Hey, don't forget to look forward because there are still good things ahead of you. Basically. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be under a juicy moon in Pisces energy, you know, it'll be really a lot lovelier after it gets out of because even when the moon's in Aquarius it's definitely better but it's still under Saturn's authority there so once it moves into Pisces I feel like the moon will really lift so that'll be yeah Sunday here in Australia and um, Saturday in the US. So we go from chunky to juicy throughout the There you the go. Yes. That's perfect. Yes. I like it. <laughs> Thank God. That's what the universe has been offering this this whole year is that ping back and forward between Jupiter and Sag and and the Capricorn pileup. So yeah. yay. So speaking of plugs, girls, is there anything else we would like to plug or tell people about in what's happening, what's going on? Uh, I've got two quick things. My intro to traditional astrology course, uh, which is online, is happening now. So if you missed out on last week's class, you can sign up and get the video replay. And we'll have another class this week. And then Saturday, June 29th, I'm doing a webinar on fixed stars, power and success for Mm. Astrology University. So there are details for that on my website. But what do you each have going on this week? Leishi? Uh, not much. I am still, I, this week I'll still be getting through my client. I've had quite a great response to my 50% off sales. So I will be, yeah, still seeing lots of clients that week. I'm booking into the week after. So yeah, um, just lots of client sessions really. I am putting the final touches on that course I talked about a few episodes ago. So don't think I'll be releasing it this week, but have a listen out for next week. Perfect. And for me, well, um, I think this will kind of be, well, I'll be back in Brisbane by the time this episode comes out. I know I'm sort of like, you know, all over the world and different time zones and things. So just trying to think ahead there. But um, yes, I do have a new class coming out. So that will be about blending um, traditional techniques. It's uh, what I'm calling it is um, technique remediation. So um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. So it'd be, you know, using the techniques you have, all the ingredients, but, you know, how do you bake the cake? So Love really it. excited about putting that together, cool. but I haven't uh, got to schedule all that. So stay tuned if you're keen. And so many projects in the pipeline, but they're still in the pipeline. So <laughs> you will hear about More them. If you sign, sign up to my website, you know, you'll get the newsletter, you'll find out and um, yeah, you'll hear all about it. And I just wanted to give a little plug for the podcast as well. Um, For anyone that listens to us on iTunes, please feel free to leave a review or a rating on there because that helps bump us up um, in the iTunes area. So if you're loving us, leave us even a one-sentence comment would be awesome. And thank you to everybody who came out at NORWAC and Mm -hmm. sort of complimented on our show. Um, 
I even had a compliment whilst in the bathroom. So I was washing my hands and someone came up to me and goes, I thought I recognised that Australian accent. (laughs) I was like, oops, I've been busted. So thank you to everybody who's kind of, you know, you know, got a little bit of something, something out of what we do. We really appreciate it because otherwise we're just seeing numbers and stats, but to actually have people come out and say, hey, you know, thank you. We really enjoy what you do. Um, It really means a lot. So thanks for that, everyone. Yeah, so good to connect with you all in person. And, yeah, that's it from me, I think. Cool. Well, until next week, um, hang in there. Wishing you all good luck. Yep, yep, yep. We we can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just bring out your your inner Arnie and then we'll be like, we'll be back. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Or I was thinking of that poster, you know, from the war of the women with their, we can do it. Yeah, you know, the women who had to do the work during the war while the men were there. So we just have to put on our bandanas, roll up our shirt sleeves and get into it. I love your inner feminist, Lishi. I love it. I love it. (laughs) What do you mean, inner? (laughs) All right, everyone. All righty. Bye, girls. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.